0: Tofil marca Mesutofil. Buena llegada de Alexis de nuevo el centro atrás para el segundo ha marcado y es justo y Wobby. el 2-0 para el Arsenal.
1: This is Ars Extra. Hello there, welcome to another Ars Extra, as always with James from Gunner Blog. Goodly morning to you goodly morning. It's it it a, is a goodly morning. Sunday, the Sunday? Lord's Day. Have you been to
0: church? I am definitely haven't, no. Oh. But I, I like that we're recording on a Sunday, though. It's exciting. It's like we're trying to spice up a failing marriage
1: <laughs> by mixing it up. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Are you suggesting, you know, we get somebody else in to, to record <laughs> <Maybe>. with us? Maybe. <laughs> we could do a three-way. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, why, why not? not? I mean, technically it would be a nightmare, but beyond that. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of thrown me off uh, off off loop here. Now I wasn't expecting Sorry, that. Sorry, what, what
0: a start! What a start! No, it's my fault. I can't record on Monday morning, so we've we've had to change
1: it. Yeah, that's but I, fine. I'm enjoying it. So far, so good, I have to say. Yeah. Um, I'm also doing something a little bit different at this end because um, I've had a few technical issues with regards oh, okay. to the sound. There's this weird sort of crackling, buzzing sound that, that appears when we talk just momentarily, but it's happening quite frequently. So I've been trying to track down what the, the problem is. I've got to mm. say thanks to Stuart uh, Ballingall, uh, who's been giving me lots of advice um, and things to try. Now, so far... None of the things that he's given me advice on have worked. <laughs> Not a single one, but I'm, I'm going through like a really long process of elimination. I'm trying new uh, plug sockets. I'm trying new cables. I'm trying new equipment. I'm trying new all kinds of things. So I'm trying something different today uh, on this particular one, just in terms of how I'm recording it. So if that makes a difference, or if you don't hear the crackling, buzzing sound, uh, do let me know. Or if you do hear it, and I don't hear it when I'm doing a little bit of uh, listen back to this, let let me know. So I'm talking to listeners, not not you, because. Um, Wouldn't it be great if, if this week of all weeks
0: is a belated <laughs> April Fool? I re- I revealed that I'm just sat here with a massive box of Rice
1: Krispies, <laughs> just crunching them and holding them near the microphone. It would be quite an elaborate plan, and it would have worked um, extremely well because it's been driving me mad for weeks. I um, mean, someone tweeted us saying it might be to do with our mobile phones. In response not, to that, no, I've hidden
0: my mobile phone on a different floor of this building. Wow. Just in case. Just in case, Andrew.
1: Well, that's commitment to uh, that's commitment to uh, to helping Sound me find policy. a solution. I really appreciate that. My mobile phone is right beside me, oh, and a lot. Um, <laughs> why am I bothering? Hey, well, look, it's process of elimination. Maybe it could be uh, my phone and not your phone. We'll we'll find out soon enough. But um, I, I'm going through it and I'm trying. So so fingers crossed, we get to the uh, we get to the heart of the matter. Okay, uh, right.
0: Cool. So um, well, let's see. You know, that's an exciting
1: element for the podcast. It is. Um, <laughs> what else to talk about? Football, maybe football, football, maybe. Yeah, that was. Yeah, it was good. I enjoyed the football yesterday. I have to say,
0: it was uh, a lovely day in North London. I know it's very banal to talk about the weather, but oh, oh, it
1: was gorgeous. Oh, well, it wasn't in Ireland. I have to say, really, it was not. No, it was fucking miserable, and it's miserable again today. Grey and overcast and oppressive. I think you would say uh, one of those days where the clouds. If you were if you were the sort of person that um, was predisposed to a bit of gloominess mm. in general, yesterday would have had you like would have broken so you wish your heart. Had told you this about Ireland before you moved back there. I know. Someone had warned. If only someone had warned you about the weather. Yeah, you know this sunshine and and stuff that you like so much. Living in Barcelona, yeah. we don't have that here anymore. It's not like five years away. And I, I just thought, no. Well, if the weather's good here, it must be good everywhere. God damn it. Um, Fell for it. Yeah, but before um, we get on talking about the football. Oh, go on then. Let's, let's, come on, we got to talk about the uh, the YouTube video. We got to talk about it. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, w-
0: I mean, what to say? So some people might be aware after every game, I post a little YouTube video where I talk into a camera as if it's my friend giving my thoughts about the match.
1: Yeah, and, and they're very I, I, entertaining videos and people should watch them, I think. Yes, thank you very much. That's all for right, the
0: plug. that's okay. But what what uh, <laughs> w- what happens is when you then upload it to YouTube, and I tend to do that in a hurry to try and get it away as soon as possible after the final whistle, um, YouTube will choose, uh, randomly select a frame uh, within the video to be the kind of default picture for it, right? So mm. when you click on it, that's what you see. And yesterday, the the YouTube gods... <laughs> were not kind to me, were they? No, they really weren't. (laughs) I mean, would you like to describe it? I don't think it's fair for me to do it myself, really.
1: You look like a man who had been out all night long trying every single possible narcotic that Mm. exists in the world. Mm. And then, having done that... You decided that none of those were sufficient, so you started to make cocktails of these narcotics. Um, mm. You know, combos, speed balls, whatever the hell you want to call them. You were doing them all in the big, like you've got a great big bowl, a punch bowl of drugs, mm. and you were like snorting some of it and eating some of it, smoking just some of it. With it. You with just, my rice rah, yeah, those rice Krispies, the whole lot. And and the moment that YouTube uh, selected the frame that they selected from the video was you sort of having a dawning realisation as you were whacked off your tits that none of these drugs were sufficient for what you actually wanted. I think that's probably the best way I could describe it. And the funny thing is, that is
0: exactly what happened um, over over the course of Friday night and Saturday afternoon. It is is worth checking out. Thank you for your mocked up train spotting poster. Oh yeah, Um, that was good. Yeah, that's on my timeline <laughs> if anyone to see it and another great thing about that video if you go to 3 minutes 30 into it yeah. um, some small children <laughs> are passing behind me and they realise there's a camera and at first they sort of seem quite friendly and like oh look maybe even they're thinking oh that's James and Gunnerblog blog and then within seconds their smiles turn to taunts and fingers of aggression um, and basically they're just swearing at me behind my back and I've got no idea partly because I'm facing the other way and partly because I'm obviously off my mind on hallucinogenic drugs yeah. um,
1: um, it was brilliant. I loved I love the grin on the, the, the guy, the, the, the second kid. Yeah. He goes off, he does it once and then turns back and like there's this smile, he did the middle finger again. <laughs> fucking excellent. I know. I, I really admire them, I have to say. Well, you know, so, you know this is how you become famous these days, these little moments, you know, they could become they could go viral or become a meme. I mean, when that, when that child grows up, imagine what he's going to do to Sky Sports reporters on Transfer Deadline Day. Yeah, not for him a purple dildo in the ear. He's going to get like a, I don't know, some kind of love cannon straight yeah. up the reporters.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll be lucky if it's
1: his ear. Yeah, you. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, very entertaining. So do check that out. That's uh, You can see it all, all the action on uh, on your YouTube channel. On the YouTube, YouTube channel. On the YouTube channel. With all the
0: parody videos and me talking to a camera. Yes. Um, and... Yes, but it was you know in a way these kind of goofy moments were sort of typical of yesterday because maybe it's just me but I was very relaxed
1: during the game it was a it was a stroll a lovely stroll it was and I liked that uh, we scored early obviously which isn't something we've done a lot this season but mm, I, I, when the game started mm. I was going to tweet saying like within about two minutes
0: I was going to tweet saying Arsenal are going to trash Watford here but I thought. I'll just have too many people telling me that I've jinxed it if it goes wrong. But do you know what I mean? There, there was that feeling about it. As soon as we mm. set off, there was a, a purpose, I guess, about our play. And they looked. I mean, I suppose they've they've secured Premier League survival effectively. They're into. They've got their day out at Wembley coming up. Mm. Maybe another day out if they win that one. And I feel like in terms of the league, I think they'd lost their last three going into the game. So the foot's really. Off the gas
1: for them, so it kind yeah, of yeah. Which is a bit strange, though, because well, you know when you do say that they've got their day out at Wembley, mm. um, it's an FA Cup semi-final, mm. and you would think that these players would want to show the manager that they're really up for it and that they deserve their place in a, a semi-final team and possibly an FA Cup final. And wh- what I found really quite interesting was the fact that Doctor House took off uh, one of their players. <laughs> Uh, you know what after about 35 minutes 40 minutes yeah. uh, Kapu yeah. whose uh, name pretty much summed up it his performance Kapu, really. yeah he really was Kapu um, but you know that that speaks to a, a decisiveness a ruthlessness in the manager that he wasn't going to tolerate this kind of performance from from certain players because he made another change at halftime as well um, so it's the way that they played or the way that they approached the game was sort of at odds with with the way that they really should have, regardless of whether or not they've got Premier League survival.
0: I agree with you. I agree with you on that front. I mean, I guess uh, for much of the season, some of those players have been very, very consistent uh, in terms of being in that team. So he's picked, you know, the front two, mm. barely changed all season. Um, the centre-half's very established. Uh, the fullbacks too. So m- maybe there's a bit of complacency there. Uh, but that's not going to stand good. So, I mean, the other question is form. You don't want to go into an FA Cup semi-final in dire form and have to suddenly produce a result. Mm. So, um, but look, I wasn't complaining
1: yesterday. <laughs> no, no, not at all. And uh, actually, yesterday in my my blog, which was written while slightly hung over, um, I, I did say that I felt like Alexis was going to do something in this game, and mm. a, a goal and an assist, and the move to the right hand side. Uh, seems to have seems to have worked well for him. Um,
0: yeah, I'm not even sure that he's necessarily better on the right than the left. It's almost just like like us changing to a Sunday, Andrew. It's the change of scene, isn't it? <laughs> and he's
1: enjoying a very nice three-way with Welbeck and Iwobi.
0: Exactly, yeah, they're having a lovely time. Um, <laughs> spicing it right up. No, and, and that's absolutely it. And I think that's going to be the kind of, the way people look at this result is, you know, there's two ways of looking at it. One is, well... The pressure was off, you know, to an extent. We're kind of deemed out of the race by many
1: people, including seemingly Mesut Özil. Um, uh, I, you know, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll uh, just correct you on that a little bit. Go on, because I thought Arsène Wenger's comments were really strange uh, about uh, what what Mesut Özil said, right? Hmm. Because w- what Özil said was, yeah, we screwed it up ourselves. Which I don't think you can really uh, argue with that. Certainly not. no. But he also said we have to keep fighting, that it's not impossible to win the league. So I think it was quite odd that Arsene Wenger responded to only that one part of uh, what, what Ozil said. You know, Ozil wasn't giving up. He, I think he's uh, given a couple of interviews where he said, look, it's going to be really difficult, but we keep going, we keep going. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't think he's given up on the title at all, but I think he was just being realistic about what we've done or haven't done uh, over, the, over the last two fair. months.
0: That's probably fair. I'm, I'm sorry, mess up. What can I say? I'm, I know you're listening, so I can only apologise to you. Yeah, I like Arsenio yeah. have overreacted. Yeah, but I suppose that the point still stands that to an extent, it felt it felt to me a little like the pressure was off. It had a kind of end-of-season feel about the game. Maybe it was just because the weather was nice. I don't know, but it, th- was the performance down to that, or is it down to the fact that we've now got a team? You know, we're talking about it there with
1: the front three combining really well. A team that feels balanced and works. Well, I mean, this is it. I I know we'll come to the questions part later, but Tim Stillman uh, actually asked a question. He he wanted to know, how much do you put yesterday down to pressure being off and how much to finally having a balanced team? Um, And I think that it's easy to say that, oh, the pressure's off Arsenal and now they perform. I think that's easy to say and I understand that point of view to a certain extent. However... I think it's got much more to do with having a team that actually works and functions, a midfield duo that work very well together and provide us with a platform to attack properly, and a front three that's mobile, dynamic, fresh, um, you know, brave in in certain areas, those three work well together. Coquelin and El Elneny work really well together. And then you've got Mesut Ozil in the middle pulling the strings. I mm. think it's got much more to do with that, and I don't believe for a second that there isn't any pressure on this team just at this moment in time. Because, you know, going into the Everton game, there was big, big pressure on us because the results had been so poor. We hadn't won. We'd been knocked out of the Champions League. Um, you know, there was big pressure going to Everton away, and we played really, really well that day. And I don't think that was, you could say that that was a game where there was no pressure. So that Huge that, pressure. Yeah, exactly. And even yesterday, even if Watford were shite, much of that is down to us playing well. Mm. You know, the, the, I think there's... I understand people's frustration with the season and I understand people who go, oh, well, you know, now that the title's out of reach, we start playing well. I mean, I do understand the point of view. I just don't necessarily agree with it. In this case. I in, think, in this yeah. case, I think, you know, more than anything, we played really well. We made life very difficult for Watford when they did get the ball. We got it back off them. All the time, like throughout the whole ninety minutes, they had very, very little possession. Um, they're very little danger when they did take the ball, or when we put them under pressure. You know, they couldn't get it. They couldn't get it clear, and that was down to us doing all the right things and doing the things that we should do as a team, doing them well. I and think I, so. And, uh, yeah. Go on. Also, I was going to say that Watford's
0: sort of limited ambition meant that they were very deep and very narrow. And I think had we been playing as we were a month ago, we actually would have found them very difficult to break down because. Defensively, they are pretty good, but we moved the ball very quickly in the final third, and that's something we just weren't doing a little while ago. And and the movement of the likes of Welbeck and Awoebi has given us so much more variety that we were able to break them down in those situations. I mean, and you see that in the in the second goal, for example, ex- a really excellent goal that Awoebi scored. And uh, I do think I think the pressure was a little <laughs> bit less yesterday, but I think that fundamentally, you're right. We were. Mm a better side we are a better side we've found some balance which we we desperately lack between yeah. probably between november and and you know mid
1: march yeah i mean nobody's saying that what happened in the last 3 months was good or um you know that's something that we shouldn't be uh, critical of or negative about but i think when you do play well it, i find it a little bit frustrating that there's always this desire to find the negative in the positive um there was a halftime conversation. I think it could have been between. Were you talking to Yankee Gunner yesterday? Something about Iwobi, anyway. Yeah, Might have oh, been maybe, you. Maybe. I can't remember exactly, but I remember looking at it at halftime. I remember I was about to reply to it and I said, no, I'm not going to get involved in this kind of shitstorm. But basically, it was about, hey, you know, um, could have been a Wobi or could have been El Nenny. I think it was like El, El, Nenny. Oh, it was anyway. El Nenny. It was El Neni. It was about El, El, El Nenny, yeah. Nenny, And it was like, look, he's great, isn't he? Look at what he's doing. Uh, look at how positive he is. Look at what he's bringing to the team. And then one guy comes in and goes, yeah, but that's why Ramsey is so terrible. And you're going, <laughs> <laughs> guy, yeah. just like enjoy, why not enjoy the good thing instead of always having to find the negative angle in something? And I know that's human nature to a certain extent, but it does get frustrating. Um, you know when when you are trying to discuss something that is a positive, even something like even somebody like Iwobi, you know it's all about oh well look this th- he's doing remarkably well it's fantastic. But so, well, he wouldn't be in the team if Walcott wasn't so shy. You know, mm-hmm. and I, I'm not any great defender of Theo Walcott as you know, but can can we not just uh, enjoy things on their own merits for mm-hmm. once? Just like Iwobi, it's great. This is fantastic. We don't have to make it uh, a thing. Um, that he doesn't have to be great because something else is terrible. You know that way? He's just great because he's
0: great. How about that? It doesn't all have to be comparative or relative. I I agree with you. I think sometimes, I mean, where's the joy in it if you can't just enjoy something, you know?
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Um, And yesterday was a day that we could enjoy and Mm. there were great goals and a positive performance. I thought, and yeah, I I suppose saying, well, where was this a month ago is, is the kind of the negative slant, the half-full approach. Mm. Um, but I do understand those frustrations. Oh, yeah. And it, look, did, yeah. it took us a long time to find what we found. But, you know, take the case of Danny Welbeck, for example. He, he wasn't even available for, mm. for a lot of that period. So
1: it couldn't be done. Mm. couldn't be done. Yeah, look, I think if there's a criticism, you could say that perhaps it took too long to make the, the changes. Um, but at the same time, there was an element of bravery to the change. Maybe it was desperation from Arsene Wenger, but I think when you throw in a, a 19-year-old like Iwobi in at the uh, at the camp now against Barcelona, I think that's a brave decision.
0: Yeah, I think you know maybe Welbeck wasn't fit, maybe Iwobi wasn't ready, maybe Elneny wasn't acclimatized. There mm. are probably reasons that we might not know about that that this team wasn't picked in mm. January. Yeah, you know? um, so I think we have to be understanding of that to an extent uh, it is frustrating but at least it's fixed now eh?
1: well yeah well it looks it like it appears it's... to be yeah exactly we found something that works and um, I think we should be perhaps more focused on that than the, the things that didn't because we can't do very much about what happened in the past whereas going forward we can look at this as okay well look at what happens when you you bring in hungry fresh players so players who give us something different um, you know when your midfield actually works Wow, what a difference it makes when you've got somebody who can who can move the ball around. Elneny yesterday 122 out of 127 passes, which is uh, a Premier League high this season, I believe. It's um, like a whole lot of passes. It's a whole, a whole lot, of passes, lot of passes and it's kind of what Arteta used to do for us. He was that kind of uh, fulcrum. Uh, at the midfield, the guy who just kept the ball moving, who was always available for a pass, um, Cazorla has done it to a certain extent when he's in there alongside Coquelin, mm-hmm. and I really like the look of him um, and what he's done since he came into the team. Um, I mean, he's he's a fixture now that he's got to play in every game because he's brought something that this midfield really lacked.
0: The, the the thing that I was saying to or talking to Yankee Gunner about, I think mm. he might have pointed it out first at half-time yesterday, was how often it struck me that someone in the back four would have the ball under certain some pressure, be looking for an out ball, mm. and Elneny would just drop back in and give them an option. Yeah. Um, and it's so simple, and it just meant that the fullbacks time after time, could go infield to him, and we could kind of start again. And, it, I mean, it's unbelievably simple but it was so useful to Mm. us time after time. Yeah. Um, And you're right, he is a bit like Cazorra and Arteta. He's a very different player, but he has that same capacity and willingness to come deep and instigate things Mm. and keep things moving. He's a great continuity player. His touch and his passing are good, very consistent. Mm. And uh, he's just provided the team with structure that it really lacked. I've been really impressed, actually. And it's a... He plays without ego. He plays without ego. He serves the team. And Mega loves a player
1: like that. Yeah, I mean, what's not to love about a guy who's got an engine that can get him all over the pitch, who's always available. Um, And it was interesting that the players know he's available. Mm -hmm. Did you see a number of those passes, particularly from Ozil? Um, You could see that he knew... Where El Nenny was going to be, that if he needed to go backwards with a pass, you know, when we were sort of probing around their, uh, you know, final third, if he needed to go back, he just went back. He knew that El Nenny was there uh, to give him that option. So I, I think it's fantastic, very promising, uh, and the partnership with Coquelin uh, seems to work quite well. Alex Awobi as well. What, what can we say? Two Premier League starts, two goals. It's well, good. Uh, bless,
0: long may that continue. Mm. Uh, yeah, brilliant. I mean. And He nearly got another one, didn't he? Struck the bar yesterday with a brilliant shot with his left foot. Yeah, cracking. Um, I think his goal scoring record at youth level was was pretty decent, and he's carried that into the first team. But to do that, to play with the swagger that he does at nineteen is really remarkable. Um, he's great. I don't know. I don't know what to say. I mean, he, there's so much maturity about him, so much confidence. He just seems to be blossoming brilliantly. It's like. You know, certain players, they, they make the step up to the first team and they might feel a bit inhibited. But him, it, it just seems to have lifted him um, and he's he's taking off. And I think it's really interesting. It's sort of a case, we talk a lot about the young players and whether or not they should go out on loan. But Iwobi was one who, Arsamega was very deliberate. He wanted to keep him training with the first team squad. And I think we're kind of seeing the benefit of that out on the field because his combination play with the other attackers Is outstanding, and you do wonder how much of that comes from being on at London Colney every day and and working with them up until this point in the season.
1: Mm. Yeah, and I I think sometimes with young players as well, there is this real, perhaps an overriding desire to make an impact by doing something special themselves Mm -hmm. at the expense of what's best for the team. And what you can see in Iwobi is the real team ethic. Like he's looking to make things happen for the team. And if he's involved in that, then great. But he will look for the better option rather than try and go go alone or try and do something outrageous or, or what have you. Even that, that shot that hit the bar, he got the ball in the box and he was looking and the, the Watford players backed off. So he went, okay, have a shot here and, mm-hmm. and was, was really, really unlucky. But, you know, he provided the cross for the Alexis goal. Um, you know for a young guy to come in and play with that maturity and intelligence it says it says an awful lot um about his talent about his potential um and i guess people will be worried perhaps that you know we're, we're going a bit overboard or the reaction to him uh, is a bit overboard given how how little he's played in general you know he's he's only played what three or four games recently some FA cup games he's only starting to make his his name in the team but I don't know, sometimes you just see a player and you get a feeling about them, right? That you know that there's something, there's something there. Yeah. And I, I, feel so. bit, I feel a bit like that with Iwobi, to be honest. I do as well. And I mean, I, I'm going to make
0: a, a very, very uh, bold comparison. Okay. <laughs> okay.
1: All right. Someone Dangerous make the T-shirt. Game. Someone make Dangerous the T-shirt.
0: Dangerous game. Um, but the way he took that goal coming in from the left yesterday and swept it home with his right foot had a had a, a Piresian flavour to it, I felt. Ooh, you went there. I went there. Yeah. But it did, you know, and, and the way that he plays on that left flank and combines with the fullback and combines with a striker in Danny Welbeck who likes to pull left himself... It it does have a a hint of that that Robert Perez style. Mm. Um, Again, maybe some time spent with him on the training ground might have...
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. You you never know, you never know. So like uh, 2-0 then at halftime and 3-0 a couple of minutes into the second half. Hector Ballarin scored. He enjoyed that. His left foot served him well a
0: couple of times
1: yeah 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 got a bit lucky but hey you got to be in the position to, to make that look happen absolutely uh, and then the game kind of went flat didn't it it was like well it's over now like they knew it, really it was, was over it was, very, it, was, yeah.
0: it was dead I mean part of me was going uh, looking at Tottenham's goal difference and thinking can we Keep scoring, please. <laughs> Do we need to chase them down? Um, I mean, you know, we did we did ourselves some favours in that respect in the end, regardless. But we did get a fourth goal. I have to say, this is awful. But when Joel Campbell was warming up, I couldn't remember who he was. What? I was like, who? I was like, who's that? And then I remembered Joel Campbell. I'd, I've all Alex Aobe's been so good that I've already forgotten Joel Campbell. Like you, you had no idea who it was. Genuinely, I was looking at him for about <laughs> thirty seconds, being like, who's that guy? I was like, "Is it a young player?" I was like, "Who is that?" And then when Joe Campbell came on, I was like, "Oh, him! Yeah, he was really good."
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's funny, isn't it? Because Campbell has probably been one of the one of the brighter spots of this season in terms of players who have come in and done more than people expected them to do. Yeah, uh, but at the same time, he finds himself sidelined by Iwobi. Um, which is a little unfortunate but you know th- that's football for you I guess um, I mean it's a
0: tricky one isn't it I mean I feel like he has overachieved and to be fair expectations were were not high I would say for mm. Campbell from uh, from most people but he's 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 really overachieved he's been one of our better players in some games particularly in that quite tricky spell in the winter mm. um, but I still feel that he's not Arsene Wenger's man really that you know Fundamentally he's, he's not
1: uh, better than Zidane, is that what you're saying?
0: Maybe not, maybe not. And I think that uh, <laughs> there are other players who he has more faith in the potential of, uh, and I'm talking about people at Oxlade-Chamberlain and now seemingly a Awobi, that as good as Campbell has been, I feel like Wenger believes that the investment of playing time might be better served in, in certain other individuals.
1: Yeah, yeah. But look, he still came on and uh, created a goal for, for Theo Walcott. So, he did,
0: yeah. yeah. And you must have been pleased to see Theo Walcott taking that away. I'm sure you're out of your seat for that one. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> I love Arsenal goals. What can I tell you? I love Arsenal goals. I don't care who scores them. Um, no, I know. But, you I know, 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 I, I think, he, you know, it, it was very much a, an icing on the cake goal, but still a welcome goal because, like you say, goal difference could be a factor in something uh, between now and the end of the season. So, you know, a 4-0 win, that's two clean sheets in a row, six goals. You know, it just feels perhaps like things are 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 clicking, and uh, maybe it'll be too little, too late. It probably will be too little, too late. But I, you know, I can still enjoy it as and when it happens. So yeah, and clean sheet, very welcome, and a good, I thought a good save from David
0: Ospina um, towards the end of the game, having had very little to do. You know, it's always what they say, gotta yeah. keep your concentration
1: in that. I, I liked it. As it. It as was. It made me laugh that save. I don't know why, <laughs> <laughs> because he was like trying to make himself as big as possible. He was at absolute full stretch. And it was a great save. I'm not taking anything away from the save. I just, you know, it's just that Just he looks funny to me.
0: We should get him really long studs
1: on his boots, you know, so they're like platform shoes. Platform shoes, yeah. Um, and get him one of those um, zany uh, foam hand glove things. Oh, get him yeah, one yeah, of those with a number one. He could just say things with his <laughs> with his index finger the whole time. Doink, doink, doink.
0: That'd and then um, obviously Spurs went to Liverpool in Yeah. the evening.
1: I didn't watch did, it, no. Did you not? No, I was out having some beers and Fair keeping flight. an eye on it on, on Twitter. So. I was on the come down still, so oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah, yeah. did watch it. M- and, mashed off your face. Uh, yeah,
0: <laughs> and um, it was, you know, one all. I mean, I guess that's good. I guess that's points drop. I can't remember what we predicted, to be honest with you.
1: Oh, I can. Hang on because uh, I have it pinned up on the wall here, because somebody said you should keep an eye on this and see how, how correct you are. Okay. So, I said they were going to lose, and you said they were going to draw. Yeah, I mean, I know my stuff, guys. Yeah, so you're you're ahead on this one. Hang on, i got to get it off the wall here. I've got, it. I've got it pinned up on my notice board. Okay, do um, it. So, we both said about Arsenal... That we would win yesterday.
0: And obviously, the, at the time of recording, Leicester are yet to play Southampton. What did we. I think you said they dropped points in that
1: one. Uh, I said they would draw and you said they would win. Okay. So let's see what happens there. Uh, but yeah, I went for a Spurs loss yesterday and it was a draw and you said a draw. So uh, we'll wait and see. I'm going to just pin this back on the wall. So at least just- they didn't win, guys. That's yeah. all I can say. Well, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, they probably should have won Liverpool. That was a terrible piece of defending from Lovren, wasn't it? Really bad. Mm. Good turn, good
0: finish, but not good defending at all. No. no. And, um, yeah, I mean, Liverpool had other chances. Daniel Sturridge should have scored.
1: Oh, yeah, he should. I watched that last night when I came back in on Match of the Day, and I was, I was quite furious. A uh, Daniel mm. Sturridge for Remindly that header. So. I was th- almost standing up off the sofa, going, "You f- oh the header, the he header one as well." Oh yeah, yeah.
0: In the first half, that was oh, I would yeah. argue probably worse. But the header was particularly bad, and also I was watching it on Sky. Would it have been? Yeah. And the commentators didn't make much of the header. They were like, "Oh, unlucky Sturridge." And I was like, "No, not un- he's no score. He has to
1: score." That's I what was I was shouting. Yes, girl. How dare you miss that? Um, so yeah, no, that was good. I suppose we can, we can, uh, we can take some positives in, in Tottenham dropping a couple of points. This is good for us. Always, and we'll always wait and nice. See. Always nice. Uh, anything else stick out from yesterday or yesterday's football in general or shall we move on to the questions? Cristiano in his pants. <laughs> have, you, have you seen Cristiano in his pants? Did you see? I retweeted one and... Uh, hang on, I have to get it. <laughs> There's a picture of them in the, in the dressing room. Yeah. Um and they're all standing there. A couple of them are topless. Some of them are topless. Real Madrid this is if you. Real Madrid one. yeah having just beaten having just beaten Barcelona 2-1 with 10 men. Um and they're in the dressing room getting a picture taken because you know that's that's what football teams do these days. Get yeah. over it, you know. Uh but anyway, uh, a guy on Twitter who at is @debaser92 <laughs> says why is Ronaldo wearing George Michael Bluth's bodysuit? <laughs> <laughs> so if you've watched, <laughs> if you've yeah, watched yeah. Arrested Development, you'll know that George Michael, in a, a, an attempt to uh, woo his cousin, maybe, uh, gets this kind of fake foamy like muscle suit. So when he puts it on, it, it looks like he's got lots of muscles. And Cristiano Ronaldo, in the left-hand side of the picture, is standing there in his underpants with his groin... Thrusting towards the head of Marcello, com- who's completely unaware of this, who's doing like a Kung Fu celebration. Um and he's standing there and it genuinely looks like somebody has drawn on the bodysuit of George Michael Booth. It's fucking brilliant.
0: I mean, credit to him. It's it's quite the it's quite the quite the sight. He's got a number seven on his pants, you'll notice. I enjoyed oh, that. Oh, does he? On his oh he does as fronts. well.
1: Right yeah. on the <laughs> Right on the helmet as well.
0: I I, I imagine, <laughs> I was wondering, like, when if they were all getting ready to take the photo and he stood at the side, desperately undressing, trying to get them to wait, you know, wait, 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 he's <laughs> just taking all his clothes off.
1: I've got to get my seven out.
0: Yeah, I know. Uh, and actually, someone just tweeted me, it was uh, George Gange on Twitter, just said, my mate's sister worked room service in a Manchester hotel in 2007. Cristiano Ronaldo answers the door wearing only pants and sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Sunglasses in the Hands hotel room. And sunglasses in inside in a hotel room. Not bad. Not bad. I take my hat off to him and all my other clothes. Yes. Uh it's a it's a fantastic picture. You can find it on my timeline or go to at dbaser ninety two and you can you can see it there. It's uh it's really quite something. I think his face is what makes it as well. He's got this weird look, this sort of gormless. <laughs> I am so muscly and happy face, but, yeah. you know, or like someone's taken my picture. This is amazing. Oh, it's, He's very delighted. It's one that, of the though. great sports photographs, I think. Um, yeah. That's uh, lovely. Yeah, it's brilliant. So um, go there's also
0: apparently in the back of the picture, someone hiding, like on the floor, like trying to crawl to get out of shot. But I can't spot them.
1: Uh, I'm having a look here. I can't. I can't right see it, side, myself, apparently. but someone
0: right. tweeted, me, tweeted me to say, but I've not seen it yet. Yeah. And
1: it's like it's like a Where's Wally, guys. It's yeah, it's just fantastic. Uh, so check that out. Okay, well, look, we'll leave that there for part one, will we, and come back uh, with part two and questions right after this. Welcome back to the ArsCast Extra. This is the part of the show where we answer the questions you send to us on Twitter, at GunnerBlog and at ArseBlog and sometimes by email and sometimes on Facebook. But I forgot to put up a, a post on Facebook this morning. So sorry about that. Mainly Twitter today then? Mainly, Mainly Twitter. the Twitter. That's yeah. exactly it. Um, yes. So we have questions and uh, I'm going to go first. Oh, okay. Okay. Sorry for, you know, just um, usurping you there. But Presumptuous of you, but, I, but I'm happy bit, with it. I enjoyed it. Okay. Take the initiative. All right. Stephen Dowling at Stephen Dowling 95 says thoughts on potential doping in the Premier League. Some doctor has said he's worked with some Premier League stars. I don't know if you've seen the story, but basically a, uh, a doctor was videoed by the Sunday Times surreptitiously. Um videoed by uh, the Sunday Times, and he claims to have uh, given over 150 sports stars banned substances such as EPO, steroids, and human growth hormone, and the sports performance improvements were phenomenal. Uh, And the article says, uh, this is uh, Dr. Mark Bonner, and he says, Bonner claims he has treated Arsenal, Chelsea, Leicester City, and Birmingham players. Uh, Despite Bonner's claims of Sunday Times, there's no independent evidence uh, that Bonner treated the players and no evidence that the clubs were aware of any drug use. And Arsenal have responded within the article itself uh, by saying, Our players are well aware of what is expected. We strictly adhere to all guidelines set by the World Anti-Doping Agency and our first team players participate in approximately 50 random drug tests during each football season. None of our players has ever failed such a test. So that's mm. that. But uh, clearly, uh, there's some there's something going on. Well, there were lots of jokes going around
0: yesterday, weren't there, about if, if Arsenal are taking performance-enhancing drugs, they are not been working particularly well
1: <laughs> this season. Uh, this yes. a, certainly not keeping people fit, either. No, that's very true. Unlike certain teams who uh, get hamstring injuries and then play in the next game, naming no names or anything, I'm just throwing it out there. as a fairly remarkable thing to happen. I mean, I know for a fact
0: that... Um, Some of the clubs implicated... Well, presumably all the clubs implicated in this knew about this story a little time ago Mm -hmm. um, and found it... Didn't actually think it would get to publication because they didn't think there was substantial enough evidence. Mm. Um, It obviously has. Now, I'm in the dark here. I don't know anything about if there's doping going on. My suspicion would be that it is... Mm-hmm. Because in elite level sport, invariably, if you look at what's happened in athletics and the Olympics, you just, you know, unfortunately, these things do come out. Um, and the, the stakes are so high that I suspect people will be somewhat liberal with the regulations in order to get... The mm. advantage.
1: I do wonder if it's more an individual issue in football than it is wow. a collective one. You know, because the idea, look, a club that systematically dopes its own players, well, we've sort of been there before, haven't we? Mm. With Juventus. Exactly. Um, now, it's whether or not clubs are using modern medical techniques that aren't yet... Um, banned substances, perhaps. Maybe that's the thing that happens. Very we know obsolete. that certain clubs uh, do have techniques like blood spinning, mm-hmm. um, which enables uh, faster recovery from injury. Um, but I, you know, from an Arsenal point of view, I would You know, I, I think Arsene Wenger is on the record so many times about doping in football that it would be quite astounding if there was anything going on from an Arsenal point of view. And I think, you know, the the pressure on individual players to perform and to play, because they're all playing with some measure of pain or some measure of injury, we know that. You know, no player is 100% all the time. You just have to listen to, you know, footballers uh, when they talk after the game. Yeah, pretty much every game I played with some kind of pain or some kind of ache or strain, you just sort of battle through it or you take some medicine to, to help you get over it. It's where the line is between, okay, w- is that medicine allowed or not? And uh, I guess that there are going to be some people who, um, who push the, 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 the boundaries too far. I mean, the Dinamo Zagreb player this season. He failed a doping test after we played them.
0: Exactly. And I I think it will probably be, you know, a lot of players have uh, doctors or physios or medics who they work with to an extent independently, you know, with the knowledge of clubs. But, you know, sometimes they have their own people who they like to work with. And Mm. and it will, I imagine (laughs) if there is any foundation here, it will be cases like that. It will be individuals. I obviously am an Arsenal fan, but I would say given Arsene Wenger's comments and how public he's been and how open he's been about calling for investigations into this exact area, I would be staggered if there's anything going on at the club with his knowledge.
1: Mm, Of course. Of course. And what was very interesting was the last time he spoke about doping and about how UEFA basically condoned doping because after the Dinamo Zagreb player was found uh, to have failed that dope test, the result was allowed to stand. I think the rules state that you've got to have two players uh, fail a dope test for any um, challenge to the result, which of course is ludicrous because, you know, what's what's the odds? But uh, after he did that, the next week, a delegation arrived from UEFA to dope test all the Arsenal players. And to my mind, that was very obvious. It was a pointed message that, okay, hmm. you start speaking about this then we're gonna do. We're gonna come down, and we're gonna we're gonna test all your players. And we'll hold you by that standard. Yeah. yeah. Also, it's a message to all the other managers out there that uh, I thought that perhaps the most interesting thing about what Arsene Wenger said about doping, it was in the Lekeep interview, and there was some follow up on it. The most interesting thing to me was that no other manager came out and said anything similar. Mm. There was nobody else who went on the record to talk about doping in football. And I think it's inconceivable that there aren't issues within the game. Like with individuals, with perhaps they've got private doctors. Uh, you know, I still think that there are probably certain clubs who will use techniques that skirt the line between what's allowed and what's not. And ultimately, the I suppose the thing that when you look at other sports, when you look at how people who have been caught or who have used performance-enhancing drugs, they're using stuff that isn't yet on the banned list because science and technology allows them to do that. Mm. And I wonder if that's where we are in football to a certain extent, that there are things being used that aren't yet on the banned list but should be. So it'll be very interesting to see if this sparks any kind of a decent conversation about it because I think football's got its head in the sand a little bit, to be honest.
0: Yeah, I mean... We will see. Who, who knows how reliable uh, this particular source is, this particular story is.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, it's in the vested interest of, of uh, the people within sport to dismiss this guy as some kind of crank. Of course. And he, he might well be. I don't know. He might well be a crank. He could just be talking out of his hole. But I think you'd be wise uh, you know, to try and uh, garner as much evidence as possible before you dismiss him as just some guy talking out of his talking out eyes. Well, ass. let's,
0: you know, I mean, let's hope that everyone responds in an open manner. But basically, you know, what you say about u a for immediately selling, sending a delegation to test us, yes, they're sending a message there, but also as a club, we should welcome that. You know, if we've got nothing to hide... Come and test us every week, you know mm. I know it 's an inconvenience I know it 's a pain that when the players have to wait around after a game to you know try and give a urine sample when they 've just they 're incredibly dehydrated um and it, it legitimately sometimes the team coach is waiting for that to happen, mm. but there needs you know there needs to be an attitude of welcoming testing and even welcoming uh, a, not welcoming but you know accepting a story like this and trying to be as uh, receptive to it as possible in order to prove Mm. that the sport's clean.
1: I think Um, as well, urine testing is limited. Um, Blood testing is where you want, you want to be. Um, And I know, you know, like you say, it's, it's difficult after the game for, you know, to get one or two players in, but that's all, that's all it would be. Um, So, yeah, I mean, maybe there needs to be more, uh, a more vigorous approach to testing of players uh, throughout the Premier League, throughout European football, perhaps throughout world football. But it's, you know, it's um, I, I I guess as well there are probably issues then with, okay, well, if, if we've got to subject ourselves to blood tests and, and everything else. um Yeah, I do wonder if there'd be legalities there. But... Maybe. I mean, uh, what you can guarantee is that
0: Arsene Wenger will be asked about this in his next press conference because mm-hmm. any big issue like this, you know, he, he's always good for a quote on it. Mm. And I, I guess let's keep an eye on it. It'd be interesting to see how strongly uh, other Premier League managers come out on this subject? Um, I think your observation's are an interesting one that very few people did last time. Mm. And, uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens this time around.
1: All right, okay. Well, look, that's um, that's doping in football. Obviously, you, James, as uh, an expert in well, it's a good job there the wasn't, wasn't any blood tests for me. Let's, yeah. say, let's just say, yeah, uh, we have we have the YouTube evidence. On so <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: should we have another question? Why not? All right. Um, this is from Ben Law at Law Zone, and he says, why do we seem to revert to a more solid midfield base in times of crisis rather than from the start of a season?
1: Um, is that fair? I don't know. Uh, why do we revert? I guess sometimes desperate times call for desperate measures. That I don't know. I don't know if that's true, is it? I'm trying oh. to I mean the and El nenny we, we spoke about and it seems to be a, a combination that works well and it's one that is where the dynamics of the two players seem to work really well together that uh, El nenny keeps the ball moving Cocalan is there to do the intercepting I mean I think some of Cocalan's play on the ball is a bit underrated as well it was a great a ball great pass for for yeah. Alexis to to set up the second goal um I suppose when things are going poorly, there's a natural inclination to safety first. Would do you that think be we'll fair? stick with that now? Like, as in, you know, in the next few weeks, we could have
0: Santi Cazorla, we could have Aaron Ramsey, we could have Jack Wilshere all become available. Do you think that that will cause a, a change of plan for Arsene Wenger? Or do you think that he will, I don't want to say have learned his lesson, but do you think that he, he'll see the benefit of what he's got right now?
1: I hope so, because... Uh, yeah, it's difficult to see how any of those players come back into the team straight away. Mm. Um, if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of thing going on right now. Um, and maybe he has stumbled across this formula, but you'd be mad, wouldn't you, to, to change it just to accommodate a, a different player. Um, you know, if Ramsey comes back into the team, for example, you could see him perhaps uh, play further forward. Uh, where Messed Ozel plays, perhaps, if ozol needs a break or is injured or something like that. Mm-hmm. That seems to me now to be a more natural place for, for Ramsey to play or to play on the right hand side if if and when he's needed there. But I my my feeling on it would be that these guys are doing a great job. They're playing well. The team is winning. The team's actually playing with some fluency and panache, a bit of flair again. There were some great moments in the second half, wasn't there, where we passed the ball around, some some olays, which always make me like go, oh, God, no, don't do that. <laughs> no, yeah. Please don't do that. Um, Mexican wave next. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, they, the, um, it, it, it's working. So why change it? That would be my thinking on it. And if they get back in the team, they've got to play their way back into the team. And we know that, uh, you know, things change and players get injured or suspended or, or you know, doors open for players uh, to to work their way back into the team. But I don't think simply because they're Aaron Ramsey or Santi Cazorla or Jack Wilshire that they should get into the team because of their name or reputation. Mm. So I think stick with what we've got at the moment. And if and when we need to change things, we can change it. And it's nice to have those options. But right now, like don't change don't change that. That's my thinking.
0: I, I'm inclined to agree. And I think that what's nice about the way it works at the moment is that I feel like there's quite a clear delineation of responsibility. It feels like the the two deeper midfielders know that while while they are good on the ball, principally, their job is a screening one. Principally mm. it's one to, you know, give the team that solidity and that structure. Whereas the front four have a lot more freedom. And it's not like if you're playing I don't know Aaron Ramsey in those two deeper roles and he wants to get up and join in and play off the striker as well. It just seems that everyone knows and understands their jobs much better uh, yeah. this way around. Yeah. Uh, and for that reason I think of the three pl- injured players I mentioned I guess Cazorla's the most likely to get back in because he's one who sort of has a, a more of a fixed role, you know, in that in that deep midfield role. He seems to understand that position quite well. Yeah, but
1: who do you who do you take out for Cazorla?
0: Well, I, I probably wouldn't is the truth. Yeah. He, he would be at the front of the queue for me, but I don't think I would change it right now. Yeah. Um, because the player you'd really be talking about taking out there is El Neni, and I think that would be uh, unjust and unwarranted on recent performances.
1: Mm, absolutely, absolutely. Um, okay, cool. Uh, right, here's a question from Waleed Omer. He's at Walid Omer 159. Uh, and he wants to know, what are your thoughts on Nyom? taking out Mesut Ozil after he showed actual skill with a few delightful flicks.
0: Well, I'm kind of sad about it because I've always enjoyed Nyom's name. Nyom, <laughs> nyom, 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 nyom. Sounds yum, like yum, someone yum. eating something delicious. Nyom, 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 nyom. But he did not find Mesut Ozil's trickery delicious yesterday. It left he did not a agree sour at all. taste
1: in his mouth, didn't
0: it? Very much so. And then he tried to, I don't know, knock all the teeth out of Mesut Ozil's mouth. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, you know... Urzel was being a bit. If I was a defender playing against Urzel, I definitely would have kicked him. <laughs> if I'm honest with you, I didn't think he was that showboaty, To be honest, I mean, there was a point on the right hand side just before this incident, I think, where he and Alexis exchanged about twelve passes. Do you remember that? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, if I was watching, I think if I was a Watford defender, the next time he came near me, you know, I'd I'd let him know about it. I mean, obviously, you know, it's a foul. He should be punished. But um I, I I can slightly understand his frustrations. He's not <laughs> he's not as good as Meza Ozil, and
1: that's a frustrating thing for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look I what think about we, you, as someone who's
0: played in defence.
1: Uh yeah, I, I have been guilty of that same sort of thing um <laughs> <laughs> once or twice in my career when you play somebody who's who's really good and I think he, you only really get frustrated if you feel like they're showing off. Mm-hmm. um or they're doing it to kind of wind you up but I didn't really see that from from Ozil yesterday because there's an efficiency to what he does when he when he makes those flicks right it creates yeah. something it creates space he's not doing it to humiliate an opponent he's doing it for the benefit of his own team now it's not like do you remember the 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 FA Cup game against Manchester United mm. when Na- was it Nani mm. did the like it did about four or five headers and then he yeah. ran along the sideline doing keepy ups and Flamini came in and fucking steamed into a tackle yeah. um, I thought that was I thought that was absolutely 100% acceptable because Nani was showboating uh, to take the piss
0: To be fair we don't know that Flamini was doing that as a response to Nani <laughs> No, no <laughs> He was just, just do, do, that do that at all times yeah.
1: <laughs> um, But yeah yesterday I thought look if you're frustrated why not why not try and be better yourself um mm. but you know i can't say that i haven't in my time gone through the back of a, a forward or a winger who has you know roasted me a couple of times <laughs> mm. yeah. <laughs> sure. so yeah I, I you know i get it but um
0: yeah it's it's not nice it's not nice is it so it wasn't very nice from nyom
1: no not nice from nyom
0: not nice not nice um Let's have a question. Oh, this is interesting. Oh, I thought it was quite interesting. Martin Cantor at Marty Cantor says, is it beneficial for Iwobi to avoid being super hyped as he chose to represent Nigeria instead of England?
1: That is an interesting question, yeah. Um. Yeah, I wonder if the England hype machine would have gone ballistic if he had been England. It was very interesting, wasn't it? Arsene Wenger asked yesterday if Iwobi was England's loss, hmm. and he said, yes. Yes, Um, yeah. I mean,
0: so have we talked about it on the show before? Why he
1: ended up? I mean, he was born in Nigeria, Mm -hmm. right? Came to came to England at about four years of age, and played for England youths at every level up to, I think, what under seventeen or under eighteen. But when it came to under nineteens, he was routinely ignored. By the selectors, yeah. he didn't get he didn't get any kind of a call up at all. A G Buthroyd, I think, was the coach. He was a, a former Watford manager, right? Indeed, yeah. Um, so he he decided that you know he would listen to the overtures from the country of his birth uh, and go there. I mean, I suppose in in a couple of ways, it's a it's um, a double edged sword, isn't it? Because uh, if Nigeria qualify for African. Uh, Cup of Nations, which they haven't done this time, then, you know, he's a player that we lose for uh, a couple of months um, every couple of seasons. But yeah, I think there's probably a lot to be said for him not being the latest guy to get hyped up beyond all recognition. You know, you think of, um, who am I thinking of? It tends to happen a lot with Tottenham players, doesn't it? (laughs) <laughs>
0: especially at the moment yeah,
1: yeah but you know I'm not even talking about someone like Kane who's obviously okay he's, he's probably quite good but there are certain Tottenham players or certain Tottenham wide players down the years who've been touted as well he's going to be the next great thing for England the Aaron and, Lennons of this yeah, world yeah the, the Andros Townsends of this world who have a couple of good games and all of a sudden you know they're the answer to all of England's attacking problems, and yeah, there's a tendency uh, from the uh, from the English media to to do that to certain players, and I think it'll be good for for Owobi not to have to endure that because I think it's an endurance more yeah, than anything. I mean,
0: it's curious that there's such a fush made fush? fush fush such a fush made over Jack Grealish over this season, um, and the tug of <laughs> war between
1: <laughs> yeah, and there's a guy who's never going to fucking him. play for England like. Yeah. Unless, like, he turns his shit around in a big way, he's never going to fucking play for England.
0: Whereas, as Iwobi, you know, I think... I mean, he's now made his competitive debut for Nigeria, so that door is, mm-hmm. is closed. Um, but, yeah, I think it is England's loss, and I think it may prove to be Arsenal's gain. And we, I have to say, as well, I don't think we should assume that Iwobi's only playing for Nigeria because England didn't select him. I'm sure he feels of an emotional connection and a bond with that country.
1: Of course, and his um, uncle is uh, J.J. Okocha.
0: Indeed, so he is. So one of the I- legends... Yeah. In fact, there was a shot of Iwobi yesterday where he was, I think, walking down the tunnel in his coat where he, did, he looked a bit like JJ. Um, but who wasn't always absolutely efficient in his showboating. Sometimes he, uh, <laughs> you felt like he was doing it purely for the aesthetics, but it was always fun to watch. Um, but I, I do think it might be a good thing, I think, that he's outside of the hype machine. Imagine if Iwobi you know, had been part of that England squad that went to Germany and and won in the international break, I think Mm. the the pressure would be significant.
1: Mm. uh, Sticking with Awobi, this is from KB, at KB underscore is underscore on. So good for him or Mm -hmm. her. We don't know. Uh, But he wants to know, are we getting carried away regarding Awobi? Oxley chamberlain even Gnabry started really well too. True. Very true. I mean... Are we getting carried away? by um, Iwobi, our new prince and saviour, the man who will bring peace to the world and Premier League and Champions League trophies to Arsenal, as well as winning the Ballon d'Or and European Player of the Year for five or six years in a row. Are we Look, going overboard here?
0: As, as it's clear, I'm, I'm really calm about the emergence of the new Robert Pirat. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, uh, I think, well, I mean, his point about Gnabry is a good one. He was terribly exciting, wasn't he, in his first mm. few games? Yeah. And I don't know, I don't even, he's at West Brom now still, is he, just about? No, I think he's he's
1: back with us oh, and he's training. He's he's not gone on loan somewhere. There was talk about him going to the championship on loan. Maybe he might do still. Um, can they still do that? I think you can still loan players, can't you, in the championship? Um, we might be past that now. Right. I'm not
0: sure. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, I guess that's true. I, I mean, mean, what I would say about be mm-hmm. is that I think we're 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 enjoying it for what it is. I don't. I'm not saying next season Iwobi's a starter in every game. You know. Mm-hmm. I think I'm realistic about how. Uh, I think most fans are. I think most fans are still like, well, look, if a you know come the summer, if if there's a player in that position who's got experience and who's ready now and is world class level, obviously we're going to welcome that, and his opportunities might be less than they are presently. But right now, with the players we have available, he's doing a really good job. And I think people are just enjoying that rather than necessarily seeing him as
1: a saviour. So. Yeah, sure. But And the other thing as well is that there are so many intangibles when it comes to a player's career yeah. that they've got to have that bit of luck uh, to stay injury-free, uh, to to come into a team. I mean, he's, he's been given a chance, a big opportunity. And I think we've seen it a couple of times. Bellerin, Coquelin, players who have been given a chance because, A, either of injury or because, B, there's been no other option, um, who've actually come in and, and seen that opportunity and taken it really well. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, much of it is down to the player and how he plays, but there are other things, there are other factors. Um, you know, how is the team playing when a young guy comes in and plays? So, I mean, a what what's interesting to me is that he's come into a team that's been playing badly and he's helped it play better. Whereas you could see a young player come into a team that's playing badly and say, well, how is he supposed to perform? How is he supposed to make an impact to such a young and inexperienced player? So that's kind of what makes Iwobi interesting for me. But there are other things like, you know, if he stays injury-free, Gnabry had a terrible knee injury, um, and that's obviously affected his career in a very negative way. He's a guy who's got to go on loan somewhere next season uh, and play... Uh, you know, play a season of first team football and try and rebuild uh, his career to the point where he could be considered uh, for Arsenal. And that's timing. That's luck. You know, certain players just don't seem to have any. Uh, and maybe Owobi, maybe he's one of those guys for whom, you know, the 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 what's the the phrase? The cards fall something nicely on the table. Blah yeah, blah something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, one of those. So yeah, yeah. I mean, don't think anyone's getting carried away, but it's it's really exciting. I think you know, it's one of those things that's quite unique to football, isn't it, that we've got this young guy, he's come through the Arsenal academy. He joined the club at the age of 9, and here he is now 10 years later making a breakthrough into the first team. And as much as we like uh, high class signings and expensive signings, and and getting great players from abroad. There's something just really still nice about a young guy who's got Arsenal in his blood coming through and making the breakthrough in, into the first team. You know, I think that's it's one of the great one of the great joys of of football. I think
0: absolutely. And you mentioned Harry Kane. I can't find the bloody quotes now, but I saw some quotes yesterday. I don't like to talk about praising Spurs players, but. It was about how uh, poorly he fared in uh, various regards in uh, testing his ability as a youngster. So when he was, you know, around sort of 9, 10 age, there was a lot of talk about him. And and even even later than that, in his sort of early teens, you know, he was technically behind some players, physically well behind, uh, uh, couldn't um, match them in terms of sprint speed or height or his his jumping, things like that. But the, the quote was expressing that what he always had was a fantastic, fantastic attitude. And I thought the quotes of Andres Janka about Iwobi were particularly telling. He said, Alex is incredibly motivated, dedicated, willing to work and open to listening. Mm. He's always trying to improve himself. And when you talk about those intangibles, that attitude, I think, is so integral in a player's development. And that's mm. what gives me hope that Iwobi... You know, he could be the real deal. He could be someone who makes the grade at Arsenal because, as well as those inherent technical things mm. he, he's got the, the brain as, that you need as well yeah uh,
1: you can find those quotes on the uh, the timeline of Jackie Oatley actually oh, that's uh, the from one, the BBC yeah. and you know they're talking about how statistically he was 30% behind every other player at the academy and the guy said if we judged him on just the data we might have released him uh, certainly when I was at Watford um, I would have missed Harry Kane but he talked about he always had this great strength his desire to improve and that's something that Arsene Wenger has said about Iwobi as well as Yonker, uh, Arsene Wenger has said that too. That he's he's very open and wants to learn from all these great players around him, uh, and maybe that's maybe that's the difference. You know, small mm. thing but can make a big difference. All right, have you got one more? Or? Um, I don't know. Let's have a look.
0: Uh yeah, okay. This is this is one. This is the last uh, one, right? So because okay, time, right. Time well, is it's not a silly on. one, it's quite a serious one. Is that's that all okay. right?
1: That's okay, that's fine. That's fine. Okay, fine.
0: Um it's from uh at Cockblock on Twitter. Good name. hmm And he says, Given how unreliable Gabrielle can be at times, despite his obvious talent, do we need a new centre back in
1: the summer? I think that will be an area where we probably should be looking all right. Um Arsene Wenger was talking again about how hard it is
0: to find center halves and center forwards right in the in the current market so um, and the, the most difficult positions to discover
1: yeah, actually, there was a great uh, an article uh, in the mirror yesterday by uh, Ed malion mm-hmm. uh, who's uh, based in Spain now, but he was uh, looking at the central defenders uh, because all the big teams in Spain are looking for central defenders as well. Um, and that there there are good central defenders around if you're willing to take a bit of a chance with them. Um, yeah, I mean, you look at what we've got at the moment, Koscielny, Mertesacker, um, Gabriel, and Callum Chambers. Uh, and I do wonder if Callum Chambers is going to be used primarily as a central defender. But it, it comes down to what the manager thinks about Mertesacker, for example, who's, who's lost his place in the side right now, uh, and whether he thinks that, okay, um, he would be great backup. I think Mertesacker would be a great guy to, you know, to have in your team, a, a very experienced player. Uh, but again, when players get to the age that Mertesacker is at, they probably want to play. Mm-hmm. So that'll be an interesting one to see, uh, to see what the manager does in, in that regard. I think if a top-class centre-half is available, uh, then, yeah, we should do our best to get him because, you know, Cassiani's gone 30 now, and I'm not saying he's over the hill, but there's got to be a bit of forward planning here in terms of what we do. Uh, I do wonder if perhaps this summer we've got more work to do in the midfield area than we do in the defence. Mm. Um, but, you know, I, we need probably, when you look at it objectively, Debussy going to go, right? Um, Kieran Gibbs is probably going to go. And there's a mm. decision to be made about Mertesacker. So I think we're looking in the defensive areas, we're looking at probably having to sign a left-back, somebody who can understudy Monreal, and we're probably looking at a right-back too, uh, depending on whether or not he, he sees Chambers as somebody who can do that job um, when Bellerin's not available. Carl Jenkinson obviously had the club as well, so that might be something. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm open to uh, improving the squad wherever we can get it, and if that means bringing in a centre-half, all, all fine by me.
0: Yeah, just finding one. That's mm. going to be tricky.
1: I do worry a little bit about Gabriel. I mean, he was... Didn't have a great deal to do yesterday, but there was one moment where the ball came to Dini or Agallo in the box, and he fell over um, doing this weird thing, you know, when they put their hands behind their back. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. which I think I think I could be completely wrong here. I think that affects your balance. Uh, (laughs) You know, when you're moving at a reasonable speed, if you use, you know, you use your arms. There's a reason Usain Bolt doesn't do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, And he did slip over in Beller and save the day a little bit there. And he has this tendency to get turned a little bit. But obviously, Arsene Wenger is giving him a run in the side to see if he can iron out those little issues with his game. Um, But yeah, look, if we can get a centre half in, let's get one. Why not? What about you? Yeah, I mean,
0: it's weird, isn't it? You know, I guess that's what happens when you don't buy an outfield player in one summer, but when the next one comes around, you end up with quite a lot of work to do. Mm. Um, you know, you just ran through a couple of the positions there, but I could see I could see a need for a centre-forward potentially as well. I could see uh, certainly a central midfielder, if you think Arteta, Flamini and Rizitski will be off. Mm-hmm. Um, possibly a centre-half, possibly a couple of full-backs. The list becomes quite long quite
1: quickly. Goalkeeper, perhaps as well, because um, you know you do wonder what Ospina is going to do in the summer uh, mm. if he's well, not he's done playing himself rec-
0: Plenty of favours in that regard with this recent run in the side.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, um, there won't be any shortage of takers. I, I think so. No. Uh, it depends then what we want uh, to do to have backup for for Petr Cech. So, so yeah, it's all it's all shaping up to be an interesting summer. Indeed, I'm sure we'll have more of that. As we get closer to it, no doubt, no doubt. So look, what are you going to do for the rest of your Sunday? Go off and uh, stick your nose in a trough full of drugs and get, yeah. get smashed get again?
0: It. I'm actually going to Reading, so that may be helpful. Um, right, to your Reading.
1: Okay, I've um, never been to never been to Reading. Uh, I mean, you're not missing much. I'll, be, I'll level with you. It is not high on the uh, list of places that I want to visit in my in my life, and that's no, no you know people of Reading. I'm not being. It's uh, not on busy. the bucket list. No, it's not.
0: It's not. My stomach is really rumbling as well. I'm going to go and Is that what that is? I'm going is? to go and make... Yeah, that is. It's going mental. I'm going to go and make a bacon sandwich and see how Leicester get on against Southampton. You,
1: when you're listening to this tomorrow, you'll know. Yeah, we won't know. We don't know at this point. Uh, what did I say? I said... You said they were going to win. I said they were going to draw. So let's hope I'm mm. right this time. Okay. All right. Keep that. Keep those Tottenham title hopes alive. Yeah. Oh, fuck off. Um, <laughs> uh, remember, if you want to give us a rating or a review on iTunes, uh, feel free oh, to we do that. Oh, we were number one on iTunes. Have we talked about that? I think we
0: did, didn't we? Oh, okay. I'm still, I'm still on a high. I'm still on a high. We're basking. From that, not from the
1: drugs. Yeah. <laughs> a natural high of being number one on iTunes, ahead of Football Weekly and Football Ramble. And Let's a get there again, wrestling. guys.
0: Honestly, that was my best day. Let's yeah. do it again.
1: The best day ever. We had such fun. Subscribe, rate, review. Tell Dude, your friends. Tell your friends and family and even strangers in the street. Just go up to them and say, Arsecast. Yeah. Arscast. They'll, they'll be so intrigued. They'll have to download yeah. it. Yeah. Or they'll put their bum in some plaster of Paris. <laughs> Took a moment there, <laughs> oh, didn't it? Very nice, very nice. Took me a little while. All right, listen, um, you enjoy your Sunday and um, we'll, uh, we'll be back with an Arscast on Friday, another Arscast Extra next Monday.
0: Lovely. All right, bye-bye, guys.